self-conscious I get so worried about what people think I get so worried about being overheard uh, you know without context or uh, 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 if I think too much about being judged you know and I think there's an act of exploring what it is I can create here by myself, right? And then I want to share it, but I feel most comfortable in the creative realm when I'm completely alone, when no one could overhear me. Um, and I'm trying to work on that because there's a difference in like having a deep conversation which we're about to listen to on this episode. I'm really excited. Um, and doing something alone when others can bear witness to what you're doing. It's a different feeling, right? But I think both are valuable. And when we cannot let ourselves be deterred from our authenticity by fearing that that will be something that someone else could use as a weapon, a, a judgment knife in my gut. Um, and <clears throat> I can just recognize that that fear is pretty unfounded. And especially when what it is I have to be overheard is like really dope and awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, this is my new room. I'm working on trying to get some more fabrics in here so we can get a little bit less echoey. But until then, I have my space and it feels good. But today's episode is with my little sister Julia so epic this is from last year 2022 maybe like November or something and it's like right before she got a new cat 
right? So that's that's a fun energy. Now Julia has been a cat owner for months, but in this episode, we're just in that excited realm. Um, but we also talk about really cool stuff and important stuff and stuff that I think we all go through, you know? We really do. Like, we all live and most of us live with other people or, or some of us live with other people or we we did, we did when we were growing up, right? So we have these learned ways of interacting with shared spaces that we were forced into, that we learned to do to find the path of least resistance amongst any type of familial volatility. And Julia and I share that experience. And we're also both growing up, living with our partners, and truly learning about communication, um, about what our tendencies are, what I actually want, like how to not just sit and stew about things, but instead know that it's safe to talk about shit, man. That's, that's what relationship is. And we got to forge and remind each other it's safe for you to tell me what you want, how you feel, how I'm affecting you, and vice versa. And that's awesome. And I'm looking forward to talking to Julia more like this. This is part of why I love the podcast, you guys. And an insight, an opportunity to deep dive, put myself in the driver's seat of the moment, sharing those mindful musings with you, as well as getting swept away, caught up in the togetherness of a conversation. So hope you enjoy. Thanks for being here. Peace. Yo, yo. Hello. Where's she at? Where's she at? I see you. Yeah. There you are. (laughs) Hell yeah. Let's Get it started. Welcome to Stream of Conscious West. All right. So, I, you know, I had a plan to have Madeline on when I was visiting her, but we got so busy. And one of the things that I'm really excited for, everyone who's listening, Julia is my little sister. Um, but... Yeah, part of what I think is so beautiful about us being able to connect in the way we would FaceTime, but it's like leveled up of just like getting a little bit more like, all right, we're here, we're going to sit down and we're going to kind of, it's like an expression of like, this is a moment of our lives that we're never going to go back to, you know? Trey Joe's freshly graduated. I'm like figuring out what type of energy I'm accessing in Portland. Um, yeah, let's just do like like general little updates. And then I have a couple things I want to talk a little bit more about. But I don't know if I told you that I was 
applying for some jobs to be a caregiver. Like, yeah, like kind of in the same realm as what you were doing for uh, the arc, the arc. And, and it was like a little more like taking care of people in their homes, like, like bed bath and just more like home care and Mm -hmm. less like getting out community stuff and I kind of freaked out like a month ago because I found out that I have to get new brakes on my car and it's like you know close to a thousand dollars of just like you got to fix your shit and I'm like bro that's like that's like a whole nother rent I have to pay like double rent you know this month if I'm trying to get my shit fixed and so that freak out led me to applying to these jobs and then I applied for another job where I was gonna work with a guy who like wanted me to go on jogs with him kind of needed help shopping so a little more community stuff um and I basically bailed on both of these jobs because they just weren't aligned and it wasn't quite right and there was this feeling of like of like giving my energy away and this company like had all of these was getting government money so they had all these regulations and all of this like you're, you can only come to the virtual staff meeting and if you don't do this you have to come in and prove to us that you're committed and I was already seeing how it was just like bullshit that I understand is necessary to like be abiding by laws and all this stuff, especially when you're helping people who need help. And, and it really was like me recognizing that, oh, like why I was excited about the prospect of number one, getting away from DoorDash as my only income because it stresses me out and it takes a toll on me and my car. But also that I want to fucking help people, dude. And realizing that it's like, okay, the opportunities that are in front of me are just the thing to point my excitement at because it's the only opportunity that I see. And I'm afraid and unsure about how to create that opportunity for myself. And I think something like this podcast, something like next weekend, Lane and I are running a breathwork connection ceremony at our house. And and in the ways I've connected with people over the past few years, doing tarot and kind of being on my TikTok persona, community building energy, that I'm like, okay, I don't need to feel rushed to go find something because what I have in an open schedule, in kind of a, like not having to answer to a boss, that that stuff is open enough that I have the opportunity to explore what it might be like and in what realm 
I want to take myself and in a way like, what do I want from myself if I hire myself as my own boss? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's not a clear answer for what that looks like yet, but I'm now seeing that I'm capable of making that happen. And I'm often the one that's just getting in my own way because I don't fucking believe in myself. And I've had such a long life of not wanting to bend to others' expectations and in that pursuit, kind of just learning to spend all of my time just kind of getting by and finding the stuff that's fun in the moment and that there's like more fun and more awesomeness on the other side of being able to say, hey, Julia, let's fucking meet here because even though we don't know what is going to be here, I know that it's going to be better than if I came home from work today and played a game of 2K on Lane's Nintendo Switch. (laughs) And so, yeah. Anyway, that's... uh, Kind of where I'm at and it feels I feel both like really awesome and also kind of like should I have stuck with these jobs because it would be easier money in a way um but how have you been doing since graduation how's your life pretty good I'm officially full-time at the Trader Joseph Trader Joseph I'm a section leader. I write orders for cereal, which is fun to kind of have like a specific responsibility there. That's cool. Yeah. I actually just got my diploma in the mail a few days ago, but it was sent to mom's. So she brought it to work yesterday while I was at Trader Joe's. (laughs) Pretty cool. I was like, hey, look, guys, I got my diploma. All my coworkers are like, yeah. So yeah, it's it's weird for the first time in my life not having to worry about homework mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just kind of having that void to concern myself with because I don't have to worry about classes. Yeah. Yeah. Been focusing on a lot of like housework, trying to like maintain a standard level of care between me and Marcus. Sure. Yeah, a little bit difficult, but we're we're working on it. Um, cool. Yeah, and we're gonna get a cat in two days. Yo, no way. Mm-hmm. So you like already have it all picked out? Um, we're between two. Are they kittens? No, they're one okay. is like a year old, and another one is six years old. Okay. It's a boy. The boy is the young one. A girl is the older one. Her name is um, Ellie. And she's just so, like, glamorous and, like, kind of long coat, gray and white. Nice. And then the boy is, like, a classic (laughs) orange, orange cat boy. And his name is Ted. 
So we're going to go and meet them and decide on Tuesday. Por que no los dos? Uh, un pero. Un pero. Oh, buddy. Daphne's ready for a roommate. I think, I mean, that's part of the reason why we want one to like kind of entertain her. Mm -hmm. We know she gets along with cats and she's right. more cat like than dog like. So, yeah. I think it'll work. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I think it reminds me of like last year I had my friend Colin on the podcast and it was like a month or two before he had his baby. Ooh. And so kind of like talking about the excitement, but it's like you'll never again go back to the time before his baby was born. Mm -hmm. And there's like a, a long conversation talking about the excitement of that and here it's like if you get that cat like you're not going to go back to before you had your cat mm -hmm. that's exciting and yeah i'm i'm steeped in new animal energy with our new house granola, granola. and yeah it's funny i already was i'm hearing you be like let's get daphne a friend and i'm like geez granola needs a friend <laughs> but not really yeah. it's just it's getting used to the wanting the attention coming up and, and being curious and loving but like you know I'm not accustomed to that especially where like Daphne is the only dog I've really ever been accustomed to having around mm -hmm. and granola is just like you know whatever Different. like five times as heavy and more in your grill and is not by any means a lap dog you know yeah so yeah it's kind of like cool to see like there's a level of like mourning how it used to be knowing that it's not going to go back to pre-dog era at mm -hmm. least while we're in this house and and uh yeah it's good. It's like sometimes I get annoyed, mm -hmm. but it's like my own shit and recognizing that there's no, there's no ill will. It's just loving desire coming from granola mm -hmm. and figuring out how I meet her desires and how I advocate for my own boundaries in certain mm -hmm. situations. And so figuring that stuff out is is a process, but it's cool. Mm -hmm. Having like a constant of love that'll always be there. Yeah. Just in case you need it. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, you were mentioning kind of spending some more energy in your post-homework era on like figuring out how you want to be the caretakers of your environment mm -hmm. as a unit. Mm -hmm. Is there particular points of tension that arise mm -hmm. between, between you two? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I feel on my end that I do a little bit more than him just because he's not accustomed to like living in a very clean environment as a 23 year old guy. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I find myself like picking up after him a lot and it can get annoying, but I'm working on like communicating that with him and us understanding that it's not anything to be like angry about. It's not really personal. It's right. just, it's just stuff. I've really found a similar thing in leaving stuff around and in a way that I think might be different than how you're sometimes reacting. Like no one touches any of my stuff. Like I am the one to recognize sometime a week later to be like, oh yeah, I put that mason jar there when I finished my lemonade last Saturday and it's still there because it wasn't like in the sink. You know, dishes are kind of sometimes you just put all the dishes in whether or not they're yours. But like stuff like that or my my socks being right here where I'm like being able to recognize there's like a, like what actually bothers you or if I say like Lane because we share a bedroom mm -hmm. but also sharing a house with two people who I'm not super close with mm -hmm. that it's a level of like I see myself internalizing some things that I wish any of my roommates would do and I I almost like don't even think about the fact that I could say hey, could you pick that up? And almost all of the time, they'll be like, oh yeah, my bad. And yet it's so hard for me to say that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a bigger issue or that there's, I fear that there will be tension because of me advocating for my desire. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think a lot of the times what I first will do is like almost like a, like a denying my desire because I feel like it's too much or like if I want it this way, why don't I just pick that up? And I feel like that might be a little bit rare. Like, it's not a big deal. It's, you know, I think like old dirty socks is such a funny example, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, I like get home. And once I realize I'm home, shoes off, I'm like, get these socks out of here. And then, and then I move on, you know, really recognizing my ADHD has been very helpful to recognizing how I'm so like, if something's not in my immediate sight, it's like gone to me sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so then the sock that is on the ground by the table doesn't feel like my immediate sight. I don't remember that I thought I'll pick these up when I go to bed and take them to my room. And I think here I wrote something down or I actually uh, annotated this when I was driving and told Siri to make this note uh, that we could talk about. So let me just read this to you. I said, on Julia's podcast, talk about the tension 
in relationships and how we learn that tension in relationship wasn't safe by witnessing our parents. Like we gotta, we gotta unlearn that dude. Like, and that's like, it's like one of my biggest, it's like, it's so full of grace in my relationship with Lane of just being reminded and being taught by her again and again, it's okay for us to stand here when we feel like we want to walk out the door and slam the door in whatever type of tension comes up, frustration, feeling like the other person's wrong, or my big one, being afraid to admit that I'm wrong, mm -hmm. or being afraid to admit that I need to do something different. Let, let's not make it right or wrong, right? But I think and there's recognition, like for the place where we lovingly live together, part of the lovingly living together is recognizing what, what about the way we each live affects the other person and are they communicating to me how I'm affecting them? Like, and I think it's, it's hard, right? It's like, are you holding your tongue on a lot of shit? because you are afraid and you're saying, I don't wanna make an argument, it's not that big of a deal, I'll just do it. But the more that you do that, the less chance there is for Marcus to recognize what it is you want from him. And then, you know, again, like, I even wanna just like assure us that like, it's safe to talk about this here even though it's like emotional shit like and in the way that we recognize our childhoods and the relationship dynamics that we experienced growing up lane had her shit marcus had his shit and it is not the same and there are deep coping mechanisms that have become like how we see ourselves. I feel like this is how I am. And I think there's a level of like, sometimes the tension or like the standing with your arms crossed or be, you know, like the resistance to tension is just, I am afraid of looking at my own flaws or i'm afraid and this is big for me i i go through this all the time with lane i'm afraid that i'm not enough for you i'm afraid that i'm doing too much wrong shit, and so i don't want to go near it sometimes but going near it taking off all of the taped on razor blades of don't look at that because that's not safe. Don't look at that because I saw fucking dad fly off the handle about some trivial ass shit. 
that Lane can help me be like, why do you have all of these spikes taped to this idea and this fear that like I'm not pulling my weight in the kitchen with the cleaning? And I'm like, you never fucking sweep, right? These, it's like, you know, it would be like, well, I'm the only one who thinks about sweeping, so I have to always do it, right? I'm having some like thoughts about this when it comes to yard work at our house. Oof. We have these huge bushes out front and they're like impeding on the sidewalk right now. Like we just got to trim them back to be kind to the neighborhood. And I'm kind of like, no one else fucking sees that this needs to be done. And because I'm the one who sees something that needs to be done, I have to be the one to do it. But again, I'm not communicating that to them. I'm, I'm making it up to be something as if they're doing this to me on purpose. None of us have taken care of a yard probably since our dads told us to growing up. Like, it's no one's fault. But I make it their fault when I don't express that I would like some help or that I would like to say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to do this bush. Could one of you do the other one later this week? Like that type of stuff. And it's like we all benefit if I can be the one to step through the flinch. Um. What does that make you think of? <clears throat> um, a lot. Um, I don't know why I'm so afraid to communicate with him. I don't know what I'm afraid of. Baby, it's our childhoods, man. Like, we really got to look at that shit. It really affects who we are today, <laughs> you know, because that was not healthy. But I've, I've thought for so long that I'm just like realizing that I'm afraid of like criticism and like critique mm -hmm. and like just looking inferior or like not being good at something on the first try. I'm like, where did I learn that? I don't know where I learned that. Like, I can't pinpoint it. But I feel yeah. like it had to do something with our home environment. I'm not, I don't know. Like, here's what I see in myself. And in this particular, um, like, energy, it's like thinking about the way that dad would be the criticizer if mom did something a way that he wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, this thing that is not at all wrong, two people doing things in different ways because they're different people, dad having this feeling of like, 
I want, like I need to be right. And then because of that and the, the way, you know, years of that, mom learning it's better for me to hold my tongue. Mm-hmm. And it's not better for you, Julia, to hold your tongue. Because guess what it is better for? It's better for avoiding tension. But also then by doing that and not wanting to make it something where there could be criticism, argument, elevated feelings, someone feeling like whoever's feeling like there's an attack on them. Like it drops down and starts stacking like in our subconscious. It doesn't just go away. Now it's like, I think there's something to be said about like, you could learn and tell yourself that, all right, well, it's, it's better for everyone if I just do a little bit extra because then we don't argue. And then I just, you just succumb to the fact that that's a dynamic that we can both live with, but it's not just about living with. It's about living lovingly together. And as we saw, that type of avoidance and distrust of a way that's not yours leads to resentment and leads to disconnection. And in stepping through the flinch to say, I want to tell you what I see and what I desire in this room or in this house or from you. And that doesn't mean that you're saying, I demand that you fucking change. It means that you deserve to be heard Right, because like if if the conversations are only happening when they reach like the threshold of like level red, mm-hmm. then arguments feel big, and then it feels blaming, and then it can feel hard and intense. So the more that you don't hold your tongue, the more that all conversations aren't red level emotional overwhelm. Like, like Lane and I go through this shit, man. It's like, you know, there's like even a part of me where, where sometimes when I talk about the way Lane and I interact, I feel like, I think some people would hear this and be like, dang, you guys argue a lot. Uh Uh-oh, you know, 
but it's like how how will i know that something that i said or did affected lane if she doesn't tell me <clears throat> he and i both hold our tongues i think we're both yeah. like negatives mm. So I have to be the one to step up. Yeah. I gotta be more like that. No. <laughs> no. You gotta be more like you. You know, like, this is, you know, fuck school but like this is the new school mm -hmm. you know not avoiding it because it's not due yet arguments are never due no one will ever force you to have it And I don't even want to use the term argument. But the amount of times when I'm fucking like, I just feel the energy in me that then I can visualize dad going out of sight, but not out of, of being able to hear anger expressed physically. And my shit, I've never been physical in my anger, but I just dip out. Mm -hmm. Out of the room, out of the house, out of my head. Because it feels more comfortable. And then when we separate and we allow the emotions to slowly dissipate, Oftentimes, that's when we'll come back together and say, hey, I'm sorry. But now, now all of that energy, that energy is good. That energy means that you fucking love each other mm -hmm. and that you know that there's a reason we've arrived here. Because it's our fucking life and it matters how we act and what we do. And like, you know, I, I really like, and I, you know, I want to make sure like I'm, I'm, I by no means am trying to express anything like shitting on Marcus or anything. Cause I like identify with him in the way of being like through my life experience, I kind of have this unacknowledged expectation that like the little tiny stuff around the edges, someone else will pick it up. Because mom did. You know, like, and that's like embarrassing to admit. 
be like, what the fuck? I'm almost 30 and I'm like still kind of have this assumption that my shit isn't going to be where I left it because that's not where it goes and it's clutter. And it's like the funniest stuff. It's like the smallest stuff that holds some of the biggest weight because it's like that's small but you leave every small thing to me that's big and like i'm very wary and and i'm like aware that i do not want to feel a type of motherly energy about Lane and the way we share an environment. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. And I don't want to take advantage of her. But yeah. Teamwork. Yeah. And it's like, it really is like life is made up of a bunch of small shit. You know, it's like, we don't have to keep harping on this again and again for the whole time, but like, it's the type of stuff where I have like, I always kind of have this, like, I don't know, feeling about wanting to preserve my time where it's like every meal throughout the day, I just drop my silverware in the sink and put my dish on the left side of the sink. But it's like, excuse me, it's like 25 seconds, that shit would be in the dishwasher where it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. And then dinner time i throw another fork and a knife in there and then like and then it's like i'm it's late and i'm like i'll do it in the morning and then i wake up in the morning and i'm like shit i gotta get to work and then i make a coffee and i'm like i'll get to it later and i can i'll get to it later 20 times and it's like why am i so resistant to the now and it's like the build up of all of these moments of putting off the small thing for later that makes doing it later so hard to get to because it has accumulated. Mm-hmm. I don't have to let it accumulate. But I also can. That's not bad if I do that. But I have to know that for the comfort of the people in my environment, I have to go back to it soon. You know, especially when when my roommates do that to me, I get angry. Because mm-hmm. when there's a dish, a sink full of dishes that aren't mine to clean, and then it's like so full that then I'm like, well, I can't clean my shit because your shit's in the way. Mm-hmm. then I just throw my shit on top because I don't want to fucking deal with that shit. But then I've added to the problem, but I feel like it's the problem of theirs that prevented me from fixing my problem right now. And so it's like, 
and and eventually, however, you know, once a week when it gets to the weekend, you know, when someone isn't getting off work late and it's like, then someone has to fucking be like, all right, I'm going to do this whole shit because it has to get done. And 40, 80, 90% of it is mine, whatever level. Like, yeah, I don't know. I was the one to give in to that when I had roommates. Right. Totally. Totally. Because like I just couldn't trust anyone else to do it. And I knew that I would feel so much better when it was done. But did you ever ask anyone to do it? Maybe like once or twice. It was just kind of like we should all know. That's what it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. And is there a level of being like, you should fucking know that I don't want to pick up your shit. Mm-hmm. But again, it gets hard when a response to that is, well, I don't think about it like that because that doesn't bother me. So how do you react to that when you're like, you should be seeing that this needs to be done. They're like, I'm okay with it being there. What, forever? You know, especially like, it's especially hard, I think, when you look at the amount of time we spend just kind of checking out of our immediate reality and checking into the internet, that it's like, Bro, fucking 2% of your TikTok time and this place would be feeling fresh and clean. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like tough. But anyway, that's good. And I think more than feels... I don't know, like natural. Our parents wrote this coding in us through how they chose to live. And so part of the way that we live now can feel like it's not my direct decision to be like this. And there's like a frustration. And especially, you know, imagining Marcus being like, I'm trying. I'm not used to this. That's how I feel a lot. Like, ugh. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, you know, but then I'm kind of like, all right, well, I'm saying I'm trying, but do I? And then the only time that I say that is when it gets to the point where it's red level and then you just kind of say what the other person wants to hear, but you don't, it's harder to integrate that into your daily thoughts about what you can contribute. Because we're just living, just like you just do what you do And that's what we're accustomed to. And it's like, you're accustomed to some cleaner shit. 
So it can feel like, well, you do what you're accustomed to. I'll do what I'm accustomed to. And isn't that fine? And I also think there's a level of not wanting to draw a clear boundary. You know? Because if I draw a clear boundary, then if they step over it, then I have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. If I never set a boundary to say, I'm not going to clean up all this fucking hair out of the sink. I'm just making this up. But it, Marcus probably leaves hair on the sink. I fucking do. But I'm like, I got to clean it up. I don't, and I, I don't, you know, it's like the stakes of what my bathroom sink looks like are different now. So like being met with a boundary that that's not your responsibility. And if it's left to you, you have to speak up every time that boundary gets crossed or the boundary doesn't exist. And that's the hard part. Because you don't want to set yourself up for disappointment. What do you mean? Like if you set that boundary and it gets... Like if you set that boundary, you know at some point it's probably going to get crossed and you're going to be disappointed about it and you don't even just want to go there. So you just don't even do anything. Is it that you don't want to be disappointed or you don't want to have to initiate the conversation, letting them know, hey, you crossed my boundary? Yeah. You're allowed to have boundaries. That's healthy. And it's like, and, and that's the thing. It's like setting yourself up for disappointment. I, I, I totally feel that. But it's like, it's like you, if that's crossed, you will be disappointed. So what's important about being disappointed is the expression of it. Because if you're silently disappointed, then that's like, Oh, wait, bro. I, 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 I'm a big, I'm a big, like a, like a kind of chameleon in a lot of ways where what other people are up to, I'm just like, yeah, sure. And like my desires and what I want are often very different when I'm like on my drive home from work versus when I walk in the house, I'm met with the dog. I'm like, what's up, everybody? I get into it. And then all of a sudden I'm kind of like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit down to join what you guys are up to, or I'm just going to make my food and watch what you're watching. And I'm just like, I don't have a good, like staying on my course. 
because I, I think in a way it's like sometimes I, I think that that feels selfish. And I think that's a big part of what I went through like over the years of feeling like, like I really wanted to be alone or like on my road trip when there was no one at all that I had to consult with about anything. And then feeling like, man, I, I like not having to take into account other people's opinions and desires because then that that helps me stay tapped in on what I want but those things are not mutually exclusive mm -hmm. and you know it's like there's so much there's different types of opportunities of how these things can be expressed like, I think, you know, one of the things that Lane and I have found, like, we're often the ones to that notice that it's fucking trash day. Classic roommate shit. We got to take it out to the street. And it's like, or a dishwasher needs to be unloaded. And it's like, but the thing that can help, like, bridge the differences in what we're seeing and how we're looking at the urgency of something needing to be done is to say, hey, I'm gonna grab the recyclables. Can you grab the trash? We mm -hmm. both do half the thing and it's done. I'm gonna do my laundry. Can I do yours too? And then can we fold them? Because I'm like, I sometimes even, not even just like you need to do it, but I'm like, I'll be better at doing it if we take it on side by side, even if it's not the same task. I'd say, hey, five minutes, can we clean and then we can watch our show? I'm going to go clean these dishes. Can you wipe up the sink? Like, it feels uncomfortable to say, can you clean the toilet, please? But... You know, and it doesn't always have to be that way, but I think that's that's like a foot in the water mm -hmm. of saying like, I'm not trying to do no work. I'm just not trying to be at a place where everything's left to me right before trash day and everyone else went to sleep. And I'm like, well, fuck, now I have to do everything. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier for me and Lane to, to interact and talk about this stuff than it is for us to talk with our other roommates. We don't have the closeness, the intimacy, the understanding of, of how we are and, then, and what our tendencies are. It's okay to have tendencies, you know? It's okay to be like, fuck, I always forget this. <clears throat> then it's okay for me to say, well, then I'll just keep reminding you because that's what I have to do because I'm not gonna take over for you. I'll be a reminder, I'll be your supporter, I'll be an advocate that it's okay that you forgot, but it's not okay to use the excuse that you forgot to be the reason that you don't do it. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a collaboration. And not only does it help 
get the shit done, but I think that also bonds you further. Exactly, like, you dude. Through it together, you both feel good about it afterwards, and you're like, hell yeah, look at us. Exactly. And it makes the coming together afterwards sweeter. Mm -hmm. So sweet. That's a big thing that Lane and I, and we can pivot topics here. Uh, good segue. It's a thing that Lane and I have been experiencing with weed. We don't do it all the time anymore. Mm -hmm. But we don't say, we're sober now. Yeah. And I, I did that for the first two months when we moved here. And I'm glad I did. But then we fucking got high and we've been smoking CBD weed. So like five to seven percent THC. So just like you know, most of the shit that we get now is like upwards of twenty percent THC, like regular weed. Mm -hmm. And because we took some time off, we're getting high off this low THC weed. THC is one of the things that negatively affects Lane's body if she has it too much and too often. So we pump the brakes. But what that has opened up is such a deeper appreciation for the time when we get high together. Like, bro, I don't think I've even told you this. We're in the middle of watching The 100. Really? Lane's never seen it. Bro. We're on season four, middle of season four. Hell yeah. Dude, it's so fun to watch back. And obviously there's like a million things that I forget about all mm -hmm. the stuff that happens, but then I'm like, oh, it's so fun. And like uh, two weeks ago, we got high for like the first time in a long time. And we were like sitting on our bed being like, what? It was like, it just happened to be like one of the craziest, like so much shit happened in this episode. And we were like, this is like a fucking movie. It was like, so intense and it was like contrasted because we haven't always been high when we watched it and lots of times we'll be watching the 100 when lane makes her beads so mm -hmm. it's kind of like something to do but stay engaged and and uh yeah it was just kind of like you know it loses that vibrancy sometimes if it's just because that's how it always that's what we do it's like what I feel more tapped in with is like something like right now, I can recognize how like, you know, like I wouldn't quite be accessing this same-ness if I had smoked an hour ago. Mm -hmm. Like not, not that that's bad, but there is just a little bit of a something. And like Lane and I have recognized, we're like a little more like f hoppy and goofy with each other when we're sober for a few days. And it's like, it like builds up the closeness and the interactions and the, the quality time on both ends, on the sober end and on the getting high or getting drunk and and like I want all of that sweetness and that's really what what we're coming to to prioritize is to 
have it all, you know? And yeah, like a few weeks ago, one of my TikTok friends came into town and I had never met her in person. And so we like met up for dinner and I was like so stoned. And it was like one of the most awkward dinners I've had in a while. And I felt so guilty. Shout out to you, Minto, if you're listening to this. My bad, bro. I was super fucking high. I wish we could have connected more. Like, just the conversation was dull, and I was kind of, like, checked out. And it was just, like, it was just a moment where I noticed, damn, I wish I wasn't hot. Mm -hmm. And that, like, pretty much, like, that never, I never really thought that mm -hmm. when I was stoner city. I yeah. never, and it was, like, I didn't have on hand a reminder or a recollection of what's accessible when I'm sober because I didn't really have that much time spent with it over the years you yeah. know that's the same with why my road trip was dope I was in states without legal weed and I was traveling so I had long swaths with no weed and I was just what am I going to do fucking search some random how am I you know it's like it wasn't yeah. an option in Virginia Beach to try to find a dealer it's like I was just sober, you know? I was smoking cigarettes a little bit, low-key, but, like, yeah. So, how are, how are you guys? Are you stoner central? Mm, I wouldn't say central. A little a little on the side of, of central. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I hate smoking before work. So, it's usually, like, just, like, an evening. Get Bro, home. that's before cool. Week. That's cool. Before we watch Game of Thrones, that's that's our thing. Yeah, dude. And that's good too. Definitely. Like morning smoking. It's like awake and bake is nice, but it just kind of like puts a an energy on the rest of your day. Mm hmm It messes with the whole Especially thing. when you're at work, dude. I feel mm -hmm. that. I feel that. Yeah, and I always used to be like, I'm at work. I'd rather be high doing anything. But it's just like, it's too much. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, like time really has a, it, it does like slow down a bit. There's mm -hmm. like a, there's like a, a drawing out of your experience that kind of gets a little bit more slow. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So it's uh is it prime Joni dog sitting season? Yeah, after this weekend which is almost over, I'll be at Joni's like the next 6 weekends in a row. It's cuz of ISU, right? Mhm. Mm That's legit, my dude. Yeah, it's pretty dope. That's cash. Yeah. And I'll tell you, after dog-sitting for Azelborns with their two giant-ass Airedales siblings, oof, it makes me so much more grateful for Joni's dogs because they're just... Yeah, totally. Just chill. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was also going to say, like, you know, I think in your interest in psychology, right? 
I think there's like there's a lot of shit available in regular life. Like, do you ever find yourself kind of being drawing from your psychology mind of stuff, whether it be with you and Marcus or with other other parts of life? Yeah. Tell me about that. Oh, I just feel like I'm really good at like anticipating like others needs and like the customer's like vibe and personality I guess when I'm just used to getting customer after customer and like just getting a glimpse of all these different personalities I feel like Mm. knowing how to kind of manipulate the like reactions and relationships that I build there is like I don't know interesting for me that I feel like I'm using every day when I'm there which is good which leads me to say I may pursue a career with Trader Joe's because I feel like I that's like a long-term thing I'm looking into. I don't know. I think I would be good at it. And I use my what I've learned from school every day so far. Yeah, totally. Like management type shit? Possibly, yeah. Mate mate <laughs> they're the ones that wear the hawaiian shirts oh special um clothing upgrade mm-hmm. nice that's cool man yeah yeah i'm very happy right now with where i'm at and i don't feel any like rush to need to do something i feel like i'm in just a good present position at the moment yeah dude and like you said like having something that's not like horrible as like a big part of your you know your work life Mm -hmm. and then it's like you have like more openness than you've had previously Mm -hmm. you know like bask in that it's awesome yeah i used to be terrified to talk to strangers and now like i'm really good at it yeah i went shopping with mom a few weeks ago and just like when we would check out i'd talk to the person that was checking us out be like how's your day going like what's up and mom is like you're just you're different you're more like open and receptive and initiating stuff yeah yeah totally is there like like just in outside of work, outside of like hang, just like hanging TV with Marcus and stuff. Is there like you got any outlets that really that you love, like stuff that you do, whether it be, I don't know, anything? I've been really, really valuing time in my car when I can just like fucking sing and release that way. Nice. Like, I love going to work early and doing that. Like, it's a good prep for my shift. And just one of my favorite things to do nowadays. Nice. Also, taking, taking Daphne for walks. Our neighborhood is a really good loop. So I try cool. to do that most days. Good shit. Hmm. Yeah, there, there really is, like, a... Oh, sunbather. 
Wait, I want to see if I can go. Here, I just zoomed it in. Hey, buddy. <laughs> she got to fall asleep. Cool. Well, awesome. Thanks for doing this. Mm -hmm. And let's do it again. And, you know, glad to talk about, it's just, it comes up so much for me because I'm in like the best relationship of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think I often, there is like this fear, like I said, that if we allow uncomfortable stuff to come between us or to spark tension, that there is a fear that it's gonna be taken away or that expressing some stuff isn't safe or isn't gonna lead to us coming back together in love. And that's just not the case. We can, we, we don't, have, that's, it, we can unlearn that, you know? Like, it's actually the opposite because we can see what it did to our parents. And we can see that we don't wanna repeat those patterns. And we can see how those patterns are inside of us. And so we can have the knowledge of what we're capable of and what we as individuals who are in partnership can do to step through the flinch and that leads to actually greater love. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you, dude. Thank you. I'm proud of you too. Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, next time I talk to you, you'll have a cat. So mm -hmm. good luck with that. You'll make the right choice. I know. We'll get the vibe. Yeah. And... <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Love you too. When I look into the summertime in my mind, I have fantasies of lots of wasted time. But then I think about what that really means. Cause I think about my time in terms of productivity. Now I know that my life is mine I can create a life that is eternal summertime I'm facing something new and I'm stepping towards the light can we harness this full moon can we laugh into the night I swear there's lots of moments in my life where I felt alone at night I just would look to my phone Try to find something to make me feel less alone And now I feel like I'm always living in my own home So I don't need someone else to tell me Where I find me, where I find my beat How I step to my truth 
compass and direction. I'm feeling like I'm constantly learning lessons, but also shedding lessons. Because that's the lessons that were imprinted are not aligned with my truth, not aligned with what I really want to do as a human being here to be with you. So welcome to community through music. G, fuck this. I don't even know what I did for a long time, but that don't matter because I can find it now. Are you here with me? <laughs> I know. Yo, it's a silly question, really. Uh, oh no. Oh gosh. The places that we go in our mind when it doesn't line up with expectation, the expectation that I have to be perfect in the rhyme, expectation that I have to have a life that aligns with what my parents want, what my friends have. Cause I could flash a smile, making more money. I now want to live my life worthwhile to me. I don't know what that truly means tomorrow, but right now, this is all I need. You can hear it, you can feel it. I don't need it, cause I'm tapped into my spirit. And I know that you can hear it. Cause I have thoughts of Mac Miller I have thoughts of the times that I spent not living But I know that I'm here to deliver something truly blessings to you Blessing to me, blessing like a present that I've been given I'm here, finally, finally saying What's on my mind, I don't be praying But I be spending time inside my mind I hope that you can share it with me. Share this moment. Share it with the people. Can you take some time to sit on down with me? I know we have a good time. Hit me up. I'll roll through. Show me your neighborhood, G. I'm <laughs> <We'll> fucking vibe. <laughs>